Alright, welcome back to episode two of For What It's Worth Coaching Podcast. Two coaches' opinions of what matters most. We're here on our second segment here, and uh, our topic today is keeping first things first. And I feel that, you know, most people go a uh, no particular order, but this order, I think, is the order that we should uh, really keep in mind is faith, family, and sports. And I know personally myself and, and, and Kurt, uh, Coach Hines, we're both Christians, um, and that's our faith right there. You know, we're, we believe in uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. But because we are Christians doesn't mean we sit there and we preach on a box and a pedestal in front of uh, the kids. What we do is we we show our faith through our actions and standing behind our word and treating people how they should be treated as far as human beings. And uh, I don't know how you feel, Kurt, but that, that's how I feel the faith part of uh, the faith family sports it means to me. Yeah, when, when I think about just the topic, the title, if you will, of episode two, Keeping First Things First, I thought about earlier, you know, I've never built a house myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever built a house. No, no. just addition. Oh, well, maybe little things here and there, but not a whole full Right, house. and I've done other things, you know, yeah. as I've been directed to do things. But when you're building a house, you have to start with a firm foundation. Mm-hmm. And... With, if you're building a relationship with a spouse, if you're raising a family, if you are building a sports program or maintaining a sports program, you have to make sure that that, that foundation is solid. If not, it's not going to be a lasting program. We uh, we actually talked earlier. We had an episode, uh, not an episode, could have been an episode, and a situation <laughs> this week. I won't get into it now, but about you know as we recreate the culture of where I'm at at Coronado High School where we had some young men that made some decisions that if I had allowed that behavior to uh, just them to get away with it, it would have been a, a cancer to our program. Definitely. So I had to go back to my why, what my foundation is for our program and keep first things first and understand that while you do that, some other things might look like you're being derailed, mm-hmm. but it's going to go back to keeping the foundation solid. As far as our faith... You know, I, I heard years ago a quote, don't remember who said it, but your actions speak so loudly I can barely hear what you're saying. Definitely. Yep. And when it comes to our faith as Christians, I've had the blessing of, of coaching mainly in, in public schools, but I had two years at a private Christian school. And like you said, we don't want to preach to our young men, but we have a captive audience. Mm-hmm. And regardless of the words that come out of our mouths, they're going to watch what we do. And if they see Christ-like behavior, if they see us getting on them in a loving way, but also loving them enough to be tough on them when they need to, when they need it, that's going to speak volumes of who we are and how much we care about them. So like you, I I agree that, you know, when we put faith, family, I always say faith, family, football, view faith, family, baseball, but whoever, whoever's listening, whatever sports you coach, it's faith, family, sports, where we have to make sure that we are not putting our families on the back burner behind our sports and not putting uh, our health and, and, and our relationships with ones that matter most. Uh, we talked about um, starting with, uh, I'm looking at the board here, we have, we have a little flow chart, so to speak. I can't even read my own writing, which is sad. But uh, Aren't you a teacher? 
I am. I am a teacher, and man, it's, it's four kids it's, can't it's, take notes. Well, it's fourth That's grade, so we're we're lucky. Um, <laughs> when we talk about faith, you know, I I know for me, my faith is everything. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and it, it's what gets me through the hard times. And I've realized over the twenty years I've coached that not everyone I coach with, and not everyone I coach has a faith. True. So I often think, you know, it, it's so important for me as a coach to get to what motivates them, mm-hmm. what what makes them be honest when they miss a practice. What makes them pick up trash and, and call it character, call it, you know, the, the intangibles. But there's something that motivates everything mm-hmm. we do. And for you and I, it's our faith, you know, and we want to be able to answer to a higher power. Uh, I had the pleasure this summer going to Quantico. I, w- I was asked to be a mentor for uh, Summer Fidelis All-American um, weekend, if you will. And uh, I met a football coach uh, out in Texas and we were talking about this, and uh, St. Pius is the school that Eric is the head coach at. And he mentioned in the back of their shirts, we were sharing our faith, and they had the letters A-O-O. And I talked about how there was a moment in my coaching career where I got too caught up with not trying to please the parents, but I would let it get under my skin. We could win games by 40 points. Yeah. And certain fathers, or mothers I'm sure, were not happy that we didn't pass more. If their son or daughter, or son was a receiver or a quarterback. We could win a game by 20 points and a certain father, the father, you know, son was a running back, wouldn't be happy because we didn't run more. Yeah. And I realized I'm, ne- I'm never going to satisfy everyone. So the AOO is audience of one. You know, living our lives through an audience of one where we have to turn our back to the crowd. We have to focus on the young men, the young women we're coaching. Definitely. And be able to go home at the end of the day, look ourselves in the mirror for you and I and for I'm sure many others out there um, through prayer, realize that we're doing what we feel feel we've been called to do. Mm-hmm. And it really is a calling for us. We're not doing it for the paychecks. No, definitely not. You know? Definitely not. Uh, my wife reminds me often that uh, if you break down the hours I spend breaking down film, driving right. to practice, at practice, the off-season workouts, the meetings. Uh, or I the think time where you're sitting watching TV and you're just spaced out and I even know what's going on. <laughs> but football is going on in your head. Yes. Baseball for me, but that's exactly how it goes. Absolutely. So, so our, our faith is important. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any moments that that's stand out to you as a coach or a player where your faith played a huge part in a certain circumstance? Well, uh, definitely. Um, I was a JV coach at one of the high schools here in uh, Chula Vista. And, you know, one of the kids... You know, he was off that day, and, and I was getting on him, and I didn't know what was going on. But one day, um, the, that same day, his dad was walking up, and um, he was calling his son over there. And it was it was a really somber moment. And I was sitting there watching as a coach, and I'm wondering what's going on. But, you know, allowing it to happen, you know, because I know that there was something was going on. They hugged each other, and I see the kids with tears in his eyes. And, um, and I don't think I've shared this with you yet, but... You know, the kid, his uncle just passed away, and it was kind of a sudden moment, a sudden death. Um, but I ended up going over there because he was hanging out by himself, and I passed my fungal bat off to my, my coach just to, hey, finish up, let me go see what's going on. So I went and talked to him, and I tell you, I looked in his eyes, and tears are in his eyes, and I didn't have to say a word. I just gave him a big old hug. And we're just sitting there hugging, and I say, hey, buddy, do you mind if I say a little prayer for you? I don't know what's going on, but... And uh, I said a little prayer for him, and he wiped his tears, and he's, he just said, thank you, Coach Fair. I really needed that so much. And um, for me, too, it was an emotional moment because I started tearing up myself, and I, finally I found out what, what was going on. And what was 
I, it's hard to say. It was it's neat about that moment is because I said, you know what, buddy, if you want to go home right now, you you can go home. He goes, no, coach, I want to stay in practice. You know, I want to stay here. You know, keep his mind off. So you know, uh, I said, okay, let's go practice. And you know, it was just like going back. And he and just watching his demeanor on the field was a little different as far as he was into practice. He always was. He's a great kid. Luis was his name, and he just worked hard. Worked hard that whole day, and it was just nice because I knew that. Even though my part in that whole situation was small, I knew I helped out that's that little bit moment. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, it's like, okay, you know, we're here playing basketball, baseball. And, uh, you know, I was able to affect this kid in a different moment of his life than, than being on the diamond itself. Yeah. And it was an amazing feeling. And uh, his dad actually came up to me a few games later. He always came to watch the games. And thank me for it because he went home and told him it. And it's just like, it's awesome because that's what, you know, your faith is. It's like, it's not just about the what goes on between the foul lines or in, on the gridiron. It, 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 what's happened, you know, when you affect that kid's life, you know. And like I said, you know, I, you know, I wasn't getting preachy or anything like that. Or I was just in the moment of the time helping out the kid in his emotional time. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's an awesome. How about you? Yeah, there there have been so many. I, I I've been uh, asked to speak at, at former players' funerals before. Mm-hmm. Two uh, heartbreaking. Uh, had we'll we'll get into this in another episode, but had a chance to coach against my own son, which we'll talk at later. Yes, definitely. Which was a uh, a moment so close to having a child, and you know, with my wife, and walking my daughter down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Moments that you'll never forget. Um, but more often, it's usually the, the things like you mentioned. It's, it's not some big event, but it's just acting on the spirit, acting on the impulse, mm-hmm. um, and realizing that we have a captive audience. I teach elementary school, and I love that. But in the 24 years I've taught elementary school, those kids have to go to school. Yes. The, the, the parents have to send them somewhere or homeschool mm-hmm. or whatever. With, with the sports we coach, I understand certain parents say you need to do something. But 99% of the people we coach are there because they love the sport or want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Correct. So we know this with, you know, I have four children, you have three, and sometimes mom and dad will say something and it goes in one ear and out the other. Exactly. But if coach says it, it's gospel. Mm-hmm. You know? And and I realize that. And we also, we talked before about, you know, keeping first things first. When we're, you know, the typical football practice, or at least for me, is two and a half to three hours long. I think mm-hmm. baseball you talked about is about an hour yeah. and a half to two, two hours. Two hours long. Yeah. Most young men and young women aren't going home and having that same amount of time with mom and dad. Correct. They're in school six hours a day. They're they're doing homework, hopefully. Mm-hmm. They're eating, but most families nowadays aren't sitting down and having a, a meal together. So we have, we have an amazing opportunity to really change and empower our lives. As far as family, I know for me, I... Uh, Coaches, I think, sometimes get it wrong. You know, they think the amount of time we spend watching film, or the amount of time we spend in practice, um, makes us better than other coaches. I hear coaches sometimes bragging about the uh, the amount of time they are away from their family. And they say, well, my family knows that during this season or that season, they don't see me. And it's heartbreaking for me because there are so many relationships that fail and families that suffer because coaches don't keep first things first. I told my team this morning after uh, last night's game, I said, guys, I, I slept about two hours last night. And they all were shocked and kind of, you know, laughing a little bit. And I said, I'm not saying that bragging. It doesn't make me a better coach. Uh, I, I, I need help. You know, yeah. I need help. I was excited about the win. I know we have a lot to work on. So I'm surprised you're still awake. I am too. It's, it's the energy drink my wife gave me. <laughs> I don't know what the potion was, but I'm right. I'm starting to feel uh, a little 
little jittery. <laughs> but uh, it's it's an amazing thing because during the football season, during the baseball season, we're busier than ever. Yes. Because we have other full-time jobs that pay the bills. And we have other obligations in church and family. But I know that when I was a head coach in New Hampshire, um, we were a brand new high school. And I told my coaching staff, we will never meet on Sundays unless we choose to meet as a family with our spouses, you know, the guys that had girlfriends, because you need to have that time where you keep first things first. I came out here to California, and this is not a knock in the program I first coached at, but uh, they chose to meet as a staff for three or four hours every Sunday. And for me, it just, it just didn't make sense. I, I'd rather spend those same three or four hours on a Saturday or a Monday after practice. There are other ways you can work around it and still be successful. Mm-hmm. Back in New Hampshire, my first year was a brand new high school. We lost every game. Like, we got our teeth kicked in. And a lot of my assistant coaches who were fresh out of college and then had played Division One football said, Coach, we need to meet on, on Sundays. We need to. I said, we're not. We're, we're never going to meet on Sundays. And we lost every game. So at the end of that season, they said, Coach, kind of, they didn't say, hey, see, we were right, but you could tell they were thinking that. Right. So I said, guys, we're not. So the second year, we won two games. And they still had that same look in their eyes. Third year, we won five games. And they, that look started to diminish a little bit. And we were blessed through a lot of hard work of the young men, the community, the coaches. My last four years as a head coach in New Hampshire, we went to the state championship three out of the four years. Never met on a Sunday. So when I took the head coaching job last year at Coronado, I told our coaches, we'll meet, not at nauseum, but we'll meet when we need to, but we'll never meet on Sundays. And it's fantastic because last year we won two games. <laughs> you know, I was there. Yeah, yes, you were. <laughs> uh, I'm not blaming anyone, but we won no. two games last year. This year, right now, we're sitting at six and one. Uh, we have a lot to work on, and part of that is guys buying into the program. Part of it is young men becoming, you know, in the workouts in the off season. And we had a few new kids move in that we can take no credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be done. You can build successful programs while keeping your faith and family on the forefront, not in the background, and keeping first things first. Correct. You know, for me, I, I think, you know, when you including your family in, in the whole process is is big because they feel part of the program as well. You know, I think we talked about it. Our wives like to come watch us and see what, you know, that two hours, three hours that we spend after our work or or on our days off, what we're doing. And they want to see, okay, instead of us coming home saying, oh, we were, did this, we did that, they want to come home and experience it and be part. You know, because when we get married, you know, and I'm sure a lot of the coaches, we become one. Yes. You know, and they want to be part of it as well. They want to be sitting up in the stands and stuff like that. So, and they want to see the fruits of our labor. Yeah. You know? It's funny you should mention sitting in the stands because uh, I know we've talked several times on this uh, just as we get together and hang out. I think all too often the the parents in the stands, the the people out in the community in the stands, sometimes forget that when you are yelling at a coach about some play call, that could have been a great play call and they just didn't Mm -hmm. make the catch or didn't connect with the the pitch or whatever it is, um, that our wives, our children, are more often than not sitting right behind them or in front of them or to the left or right of them. And, And sometimes, and I've never been an official, they have no desire to be, but respect what they do. Sometimes when you're yelling at the official that in your mind is blowing the game, their parents could be there mm-hmm. watching their son or daughter yep. officiate mm-hmm. a game. Um, and we have to understand that, you know, more and more there are opportunities for people to just be parents. Yeah. You know, and when I say just, I mean enjoy your child, mm-hmm. watch what they're doing, and 
before you badmouth a certain quarterback or running back or receiver or pitcher or catcher, their parents and their family are probably sitting around you yeah. also. Yeah. So we want to keep first things first and keep the love of the game just that, the love of the right. game. Allow, allow, let the coaches coach, mm-hmm. let the players play, let the officials officiate, and uh, just be there and support the programs. Yeah, because as a coach, we can let it go off our shoulders because we know that's part of us being coaching. You know, because we know a parent or an overzealous dad or mom are going to be like, what is this coach doing? But then, you know, our wives are sitting in the stands and they're going to be protective mode, mode, you know. And they're like, man, do they realize how much time they put on for you film or how many lineups he makes or how many times we watch a movie and he's not even into the movie. He doesn't even know what's going on, you know. Yep. And that's, our, that's, you know, and he's, you know, like you were saying, like, how many nights he stayed up till two thirty in the morning watching film, and then he goes to bed and because he can't sleep because stuff is going through our minds all the time. Because number one, when we take on a team as a coach, whether assistant coach, head coach, or whatever, we take on those kids. We take them on as fathers as well. You know, it may not we may not be biologically fathers, but as far as mentally, we're taking care of those kids for that, at least two hours a day, or even during school when we're making sure they're making their grades, or you know, emotionally when they're after. You know, maybe something's going on at home, but they don't realize. Okay, hey, I'll give you an example. Uh, one time, when, you know, I was coaching little league. I gave these kids rides to and from practice just so they can make practice all the time, but yet the following year when they the depth those parents found out I was going to be the coach again, they decided to pull me off. They're like, okay, they're not they're not playing because of that coach. And I was like, well, that's kind of funny because then I gave your kids rides every year, every practice because you were late or had to work. And I, had, I did not complain about it because, you know, even though they may not have been the best players in the world and they did get their time to play, they did get the opportunity to come and practice yeah. and be part of the team. And I never treated him wrong. I'm sure the same thing for you, too. Um, but that's the thing. is like we take on those kids as a parent. And I know when I first took on uh, one of the freshman teams, when I first started coaching, when I became a head coach for a freshman team in high school level, um, my first thing I said when I, uh, at the end of the year party, I told, I, I first I thanked my wife. I thank you for allowing me to do this. I appreciate all your support. And then I told, went to the parents. I thank you for raising such great kids, but to let you know, these kids were my sons this whole season. They were my sons the whole season, and no matter what happens, I mean, we take we take full responsibility, and we are actually harder on ourselves. But our wives don't understand that, and our kids don't understand it. All they hear is someone else tripping on us. But rest assured that as a head coach, most head coaches, and hopefully this podcast helps those other coaches realize, hey, we're taking on kids' lives, and 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 we're taking them on as our own children. Yeah, and that's how I, you know, that's that that's our thing right there. Is like, you gotta understand, like we take it to heart. We love these kids, and we want them to be successful during the season, after the season, when they graduate, when they graduate college, or when they join the military, or whatever they do afterwards. We want them to be successful at all aspects of life. Yeah, yeah. So, so let let let's share briefly. Uh, what are some things that were some tangible things coaches can do to keep first things first? Uh, first things first is uh, keeping your base. When you say a word and saying what you're going to do, follow through with it. Because kids will trust you when you follow through with your word. Absolutely. Just just as a parent, you give an empty threat. Yes. And you, you, you're losing all your... Uh, exactly. Your credibility. 
I, I think for me, it's, it's the open conversations. I know my wife, mm -hmm. when I first started coaching, our children were young at that time. Yeah. You know, my kids are all 20 and older now, and I know my, love, my wife loves that I coach. Mm -hmm. Like you said, because she comes by the practices. She comes to every game. She it, hears um, the successes and the concerns and the stresses about this mm -hmm. player and the grades and the struggles that certain players are going through. And my wife and I almost daily through our personal prayers are praying for certain players and then mm -hmm. after the prayers she'll say wait a minute you didn't tell me that yeah. she'll say tell me about what so and so is going through or, tell right. me about so and so um, I, I think it's important you know, as, a, as a coach we wouldn't go into a game without a game plan definitely so I don't think we should go into a season and not take for granted what's a game plan with our spouse mm -hmm. are they on board again right. are they supportive of this mm -hmm. um, is it something that they're excited about from year to year to year or are they starting to get burnt out because we don't want to lose sight of the fact that our passion may continue to grow, but if it's not growing with our spouses, right. then something is going to suffer. And it's going to be that foundation we talked about. Right. And that's going to crack. And you know, we, we want to make sure that our families are benefiting from our coaching, even though it's other children's, other parents' children are coaching. We want to make sure our, our families are benefiting it from it just as much Correct. Through our efforts. Definitely, definitely. And uh, another thing is uh, let things go. You know, be able to come home and vent for a little bit, but then when that's that, ta that time where you're spending time with your spouse or significant other, to be able to just let it go and be in the moment with your wife. Yes. Because a, a wife or, or husband or whatever coach, you know, whatever you um, decide to do is make sure you let it go and be in that moment with that person because that's all they want. They want your time. They want you to be involved in what and, – and, you know, as a coach too, it's like, hey, find out what, what's going on with your wife's day or your husband's day or significant other's day. Yeah. And just say, okay, well, hey, what's going on with your day? Yeah. Enough about me. Exactly. And then that reminds me, just my final thought, and then you can close it out okay. if you want. You know, I tell our players all the time because they, they have stresses with, with schoolwork, with their parents they're stressed about, with work, with their girlfriend or mm -hmm. boyfriend. And I always say to them, hey, when you step – through this gate onto our field. Mm -hmm. When you step onto that field, you've been blessed with two and a half hours, put everything else aside, be in the moment. Yes. So to your point, that's a, I love how you said it, when we go home, share with our wives the successes and the struggles, but then make sure they understand that they are our focus now. Yes. They being our wives, our children, that we are in the moment, just like we tell our players, uh -huh. that we're in the moment when we're with our families. Yeah, because remember, they came first before coaching. That's yes. the time. Yes, that's the time. But uh, so we're at 22 minutes, and I think that we're a little past our regular time. But we didn't focus on sport, but I don't think we really need to hit sport because uh, I think the first two uh, are conjunction and then the sport because we all have that, that passion of whatever sport we're coaching anyway. So we just keep coaching our sport, but just keep those other two in, in the forefront. I agree, and you said we're at 22 minutes. We try to keep these 20 minutes and under. Uh -huh. I'm going to say that was our two-minute drill. Two-minute drill, yeah, exactly, yeah, that's so right. Hopefully that's right. we use that time well. Or uh, in soccer, extended time. Soccer. We're not going to talk about soccer. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is coming once again. If you listen to episode one, I was a chubby little kid. That's why I didn't play baseball. I couldn't get right. out of the, the, the pitcher's way of the fastball. Oh, you could play first base. I played soccer for a year. <laughs> oh, did you really? You know, I was a fat little kid. I thought, Goalie? man, I, I don't want to cheat. No, I wish. No, you're probably a kid who ate all the orange slices. <laughs> <laughs> I, I And the Oreos and the, the ding-dongs, the Twinkies. That's funny. They brought the snacks for you at halftime. They did. They did. <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening. Definitely. From uh, Coach Hines and Coach Ty, 
We uh, hope you took something from this, and we look forward to having you guys back for our next episode, uh, which will be coming out shortly. All right, that's uh, podcast number two, and that's for what it's worth, two coaches' opinions on what matters most. Thanks for listening. Stay strong. For what it's worth, coaching podcast is brought to you by GameStrat. No more waiting for clips to load or having devices disconnect. GameStrat delivers videos instantly to devices and maintains a strong connection the entire time of your game. Coach Hides has been using this this whole time with Coronado, and we're wondering how, how did it uh, help out your game and coaching strategies during the game, Coach? All I'm going to say is, coaches, if you're not using GameStrat, you're missing out. It is the latest cutting-edge uh, technology where no longer do we have to wait till Saturday mornings during film session to break down and correct mistakes we're making in live time. We have the opportunity within seconds to get the play that we just ran on the iPad right in front of us, in front of our players, to show them how we can correct it and continue to move forward in the game. It's like making halftime game adjustments during the game. It's game-changing. We uh, also get to give them a shout-out for their their customer service. They are top-notch. Whenever we reach out to them, they get to us right away, fix any issues we may be having, and uh, help us get back on track. It's uh, it's something you I wouldn't want to coach again without. Cool. That's great to hear. And thanks again, Came Strap, for helping us out. We'll talk to you later. Bye.